Welcome to the Seth Loves to Talk show. This is the very first episode of uh, the podcast where I, Seth Grantzler, talk with l my lovely friends. And I've got a wonderful guest today, my friend Kayvon, a.k.a. DJ Burrito Boy. Hello. Here to tell us about American fast food in Iran. Now, you told me about this, and I was very excited by it. And it made me really want to do this podcast because for me... I love to talk, but what I love more is being passionate about things. And you came to me and said, this is something that I could do, Seth loves to talk about. I could just go on and on about this. And I went, I have no idea what this is, but this sounds really interesting. And I love that you're excited about it. And I want to give you a platform for it. So that's what this podcast is going to be in general, is having people on that are the experts that they love, you know, whatever it is that they love. And they're here to talk about it with me. So I can ask questions and learn more about it. So without any further ado, Kayvon, take it away. What is this, man? Hell yeah. Um, first off, I'm going to correct you and say, you know, we don't say Iran. It's Iran. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, that's mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. hack comedians have, have made endless amounts of jokes about that. But, um, uh, you know, th basically like the foundation of this uh, where this came to my brain is like I've had conversations with friends about this like at least 10 times over the last like five years of my life or so there's an article by a blog called atlas obscura that kind of talks about it and i swear to god i remember like seeing a picture in this article of like a knockoff kfc in iran that i for sure have been to and i was like this is a weird like kind of you know perfect amalgamation of like weird america like lowbrow highbrow mashup cultural stuff plus like this you know like the thing that people like from small countries get where they're just like whenever anyone mentions their country they get super stoked like that's kind of what that yeah. is too they're like oh they know what iran is like they know about this weird niche like you know phenomenon in iran like that's that's what i think is cool about it so um I mean, I, I feel when like when you say knockoff, what do you actually mean by knockoff? Like, is it, is it mean, Kentucky spelled wrong? You know what I mean? Like, right, right. There's a one of them is called Kentucky House. One of them is called KFC. But, you know, just the, the basic of the situation is, you know, the relationship between the United States and Iran is, is so bad to the point where American fast food companies who are like dying to expand to everywhere on the planet that will take them will not go to Iran. Um, there are sanctions, United States sanctions um, that prevent like certain businesses from selling stuff to Iran or doing certain things. I don't know if they like specifically prohibit, you know, fast food companies from <laughs> expanding into Iran. They, they actually might like I, I seriously, there's like all sorts of shit um, that they prohibit that you wouldn't expect. But like, um, it's it's so bad that not only can they not like open their restaurants in Iran, they can't enforce their copyright there either. And kind of like, why would they like, why would they like waste all the time and money like going through Iran's court system to like sue like, you know, Kentucky house when like they're not going to open a KFC there anyway. So there is, there's a place where there is like a demand for Americanized fast food, but there's no market for it. So just a bunch of shit has popped up in its place. And it's really funny to see like, you know, just the weird knockoffs of like, you know, some of the examples is, you know, there's a subway knockoff called Subways. There are Pizza Hut knockoffs. Uh, one is called Pizza Hat. Another is called Pizza Hot. Um, there's a there's a there's a burger place called Boof Burger. <laughs> so there's Boof just like Burger. Boof Burger. Yeah, there's all sorts of weird shit. There's um, there's like when I was a kid, you know, I, I feel bad about this because I don't I feel like my parents and my like uncles and aunts probably thought I was making fun of them but like I used to think that the Persian accent it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard and like you know sometimes my sister and I would like talk to each other in fake Persian accents and they like have like English writing of like you know in in these Persian like fake knockoff like Burger Kings they'll have like like the article mentions that they call it the the double down instead of the double down like and they have it spelled like d-a-h-b-e-l like double <laughs> instead of double like just shit like that is like it kills me you know like i think it's so funny because i've just had i've heard plenty of like you know uh it, it's like close to home it's like it's what my it's what my family sounds like when they're like trying to say words and getting it wrong and it's kind of like charming and funny and stuff um so that's what that's what i'm I don't want to like talk, ramble endlessly, but I guess this. Is, oh no! Yeah. Please, please, this is please. the Kayvon Love so, talk show. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my question about it is, 
like how knockoff is knockoff because one you mentioned how you know that there's not really like a clear avenue for what um these companies would do in terms of disputing their copyright and things like that that was the first question that Devin, you know my girlfriend said was why why don't people why do these exist like why does kfc let this happen and it's like it's worse pr to say that you're going after <laughs> iranian kfc yeah to protect yeah. your copyright if you're like there's not there's not right, a reason yeah. to do that it's just bad pr basically right. especially if you're not going to open the store yourself they, so, they also just can't like there's like you know there have been like many not you know not to make like light of like the serious like diplomatic situation but there have been like American journalists who go to Iran and just disappear, you know, so sure I, don't, I can't imagine that they'd get a lot of support from like Iranian courts <laughs> Being like we want yeah. to protect our IP <laughs> and they're like fuck you like there's 50% yeah. youth unemployment right now Like our country's starving fuck you <laughs> You know Yeah, there's definitely not a clear reason for <laughs> uh, Iran to do anything about it um, right, with right. that being said how similar as someone who, who has never seen any pictures any information like is is kfc literally kfc is it that it's not called kentucky fried chicken it's just called kfc is it red does it have the kernel are there like when it goes to copying these american restaurants how similar is it with the branding and stuff like that is it just name recognition are they copying brand assets is does subway have footlongs you know what i mean i'm glad you asked seth so um, you know, I, I will, I'll send you like this article if I haven't already so that you can just straight up use pictures of it. I won't try to show it to the Twitch screen, but like, so it's, there's like, it's all over the place. There's a, there's a wide range from just like, we are lightly taking inspiration from the McDonald's arches to like this, we are trying to make this look like as true to real, true to the American version as possible. So I remember like one of my memories from, I've been to Iran three times and one of my memories from my youngest time was like. I don't know why this did happen so late, but it wasn't until I was like probably like in third or fourth grade that I discovered what in and out was. I grew up in California, but I just had never been until I was like 10 or 11. And like, I think you're I, like the only Californian that didn't discover what in and out was at birth. Yeah. I mean, I did, you know, I did move to California when I was three. So I'm, I'm kind of a, a fake Californian. Uh, I'm kind of an out of stater. Wow. Yeah. Know, for real. Yeah. But I remember seeing the in and out logo in Iran and I was like kind of confused. I was like, I didn't understand that. Like, you know, the, <laughs> these aren't even in New York. They're over right, here. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but also, but also I was a little kid and I didn't, I didn't know shit about geography. I didn't know anything about politics. Sure. Like I remember, you know, part of the reason why I think this stuff is so funny is because like, it's like a, Try to imagine, like, when you are a little kid, if you if you happen to, like, be born in the West, in, like, America or Canada, and have, if you've had the good fortune of, like, ever being able to, like, travel internationally, especially to a place that's radically different than where you're from, like, I remember being, like, 10 or 11, and, like, like blowing my mind that, like, not everyone, not, the whole world was not the U.S., you know? Yeah, Like, yeah. other people have completely different lives, like, the, the way that they talk is different, the way the things that they eat are different, the uh, schools that they go to are different, just every little thing about life is completely different, and then to just see, like, this thing that reminds you exactly of home, like, after all of that is, like, the weirdest mindfuck, and especially as a little kid, I would, like, I didn't know where to, whether to be, like, proud or ashamed of America, that, like, our cultural export that is the most pervasive there is, like, fast food, you know? Um, yeah. Pe people there definitely see it differently than we do. To get back to your your question, though, so um, there's all sorts of shit. Like, like that in and out uh, sign, that was just it was a just one for one. It was a one for one. Like, the sign was exactly the same. I didn't eat at the store, but I guarantee you, like, you know how Americans have, like, you know, they say that Panda Express is like, I'm sure every, like, this is like a conversation every middle schooler has. Panda Express isn't real Chinese food. It's American yeah, Chinese sure, food. And sure, then they're like, sure. what? And then the kids are like, what? Like, that's exactly, they take American foods, but then they Persianize it. Like, I remember going to a, um, you know, a burger place and like the, the main, if I were to think of like, if somebody says Persian food, the first image that pops into my brain is like, a big beef kebab with over like a mound of rice like this burger was like if you took the beef kebab off of that plate 
and put it in between two burger buns and squirted some ketchup on it. Like that's what it tasted like. I was like, this is not, it was like a McDonald's knockoff, but it didn't taste like McDonald's at all. It didn't have any of that like kind of vinegary, salty, like, but also super plain flavor with like the worst grade of meat possible, you know, like sure, it, it, sure. it tasted like a kebab and stuff. And so, so there um, are local, it, it's not just American fast food. It's American fast food for the cultural impact, but not necessarily the culinary impact. Right. It's yeah, not it, like, Oh yeah, we found a way to, f- <laughs> to do fresh, never frozen hamburgers. It's more right. like, okay, we can actually deliver um, localized food in an American style for a, a Persian audience, basically. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, what people want, as as far as, like, products you're integrate, you're going to integrate into your everyday life, like, you want the illusion of, like, um, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Like, like, exoticism. Like, you want the illusion of, like, oh, this is foreign and cool and, like, different and elevated. I was going to say class, but that's really not an accurate way to describe fast food right, <laughs> as, right, as right. class. But yeah. exoticism, I think, is a good word for it. Like, it's just the idea of... Yeah, this is a way that we can um, have something foreign, but also have it, uh, we can offer that experience of giving someone a a foreign import, but it is just the same thing we would usually make if we were running a a kebab stand. Yeah, I'm drawing a lot on my memory of conversations with my cousins, but I consulted specifically my cousin Parsa like right like an hour ago um, and had him send me some texts about like his experience with that stuff because he moved to the U.S. from Iran when he was like 18, right? And so... Um, something that one of my cousins told me was that like KFC is so like fake KFC is so popular and ubiquitous in Iran that like in, they don't rather than say fried chicken, they say like Kentucky, like that's how they say fried chicken. Cause that wasn't a food in, you know, in Iran before these KFCs rolled through, I suppose that's, that's conjecture on my part. But then, um, and then another thing was that, yeah, like the, you were asking like, how close are they? Like, the KFC was like when I visited a KFC in Shiraz, which is one of Iran's, it's like the second biggest city, I think. Um, this was when I was like 22, and I was like, "Mom, you're taking me to a KFC. Like, I need to see this shit." <laughs> like, I made her like budget out time in our like two weeks yeah. to go do this. It was, it like I would have believed it was real. Like, if I didn't sure, know better, sure. it was perfect. They had the the fucking like. The wall day, you know how like a lot of new fast food buildings are that kind of shitty industrial gray with like not they're, yes. they look like sleek and modern, but they're also kind of soul crushing and shitty. They're like the equivalent of like a linoleum floor where it's like it's got a pattern on it that makes it look nice, but in the reality, it's just cheap plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it looks like a new, like a brand new apartment development that was like it has no yeah. soul to it or anything like that. Like that's like a. That was the architecture, which was spot on accurate. Right? <laughs> uh, so you could tell it was new. And then number two, like all of like the decals on the walls, the the dude, like they were playing like a Persian like minor league baseball game, which was like not even a thing. <laughs> I knew, like on the TV in the restaurant, which I didn't even know existed. It looked very small. There was no audience, and there it looked like it was like sure. a high school baseball diamond like it wasn't like yeah that, you know so that's how you know and then my favorite like the absolute the the uh the decision part of it was like there was a like this a picture of colonel sanders on the wall with like wall a wall mural of like his life like the stories of his life like written out in farsi which was really funny <laughs> i can't read farsi very well but i picked up enough through just context clues to be able that's to, like, so funny yeah and then there's and i will send you these i took pictures of them um, like do- I assume doctored photos of like Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo like holding buckets <laughs> of chicken and like advertising the fake KFC. That's um, amazing. Yeah, oh, I love which, that. Which is so like they look really good. Again, it was like if I was a little kid, like me as an adult, like I know like okay, Ronaldo's not endorsing Iranian KFC, yeah. <laughs> but like if I was a kid, I would have believed it for sure. That's number yeah. one. And then, yeah, like just the fact that they went through all that effort to like, like n- it looks perfect and good, but it also is like exactly what they would like. Like they wouldn't want to see like, you know, I mean, maybe they would like, I feel like Persians kind of like the NBA or at least my family does, but like they wouldn't, they wouldn't give a shit if it was like Tom Brady holding a bucket of chicken, you know? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, it's like, of course. it's their, it's their stars. It's, but, it's localized for the area. I mean, right. it makes a lot of sense that if you're going to promote your, yeah. your Fugazi KFC, you would get... <laughs> 
the two biggest international athletes in the world. Yeah. Uh, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, and they um the the cool thing about it the like the texture and stuff like it was obviously fried chicken like fried chicken's not like the hardest thing in the world to make the taste was completely different though like the blend of spices I could the things that I tasted immediately even with my like I didn't really know how to cook back then that well but I could taste turmeric and I could taste cumin like they just yeah. take like two you know spices that like play well with Middle Eastern cuisine and just throw it in yeah there. of course like, there you go yeah you know. It makes a lot of sense. I would be shocked if they were using the, you know, secret, whatever it is, 11 herbs and spices or whatever. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised if that was really the the thing after, you know, right. going through all this effort just to make American fried chicken and not make it Persian fried chicken. Right. You know, I mean, also, they don't it, have access to that proprietary information. You know, they don't know. Well, don't know what it's interesting. Spices <laughs> it's interesting because it makes me wonder if Persian fried chicken would be as successful. Right. Like if there was that equivalent like of localized, you know, like if we think of Kentucky fried chicken, like that's just a state's version of fried chicken. Like it would be interesting if there was um, Shiraz fried chicken or Persian fried chicken, whatever you want. That that is just the exact same thing. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that it's funny that they go to the American version, which is so ubiquitous, like culturally. But at the same time, it's probably going to do better doing a fake Kentucky fried chicken than if you do Shiraz fried chicken, right? Like there's probably a thousand places that are Shiraz fried chicken. But if you're the best fake KFC, you are like a uh, like an oddity, a, a landmark almost as some right, sort of, yeah. you know, interesting thing. I mean, and here's the thing, right? J- just for, you know, context, background for your viewers and stuff, like, I was born in the States, you know, I have a parent who's an American, a, a mom who's was born in uh, Iran, so, like, I'm no authority on what immigrants think or whatever, this is just my secondhand perspective or whatever, but, like, you know, I hear plenty of people who grew up in other countries tell me that, like, they view American stuff as cool. Like, I saw, like, a an article about, like, their, like, a... Uh, People in, I forget where in Asia, but like there's like somewhere in Asia with like a Costco and like people will like take, (laughs) do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, but as someone who's in Seattle, Kirkland, Washington, like Costco is such a thing here. And it it was a thing back when I was in Connecticut. I remember there was a Costco that we would go to like in Norwalk and it was a big deal that, you know, Costco had opened up and we were really excited and we'd get soft serve. We'd do the whole thing. We'd get hot dogs for a dollar or whatever. And it's so funny now that I'm in Seattle because Costco here is like an even bigger deal. Like when a storm hits, when it's Christmas, whatever weekend, like Costco parking lots are crazy. It's absolutely insane. Dude, this this Costco in Asia, I don't remember. It might have even been just like a like a storefront. It's like it's like the Costco is like the place that like, you know, like Asian people go to take photos of themselves wearing like crop tops and skinny jeans and like cosplay as Americans. Like they like go to Costco and take pictures outside of it to be like, we're American influencers. Like that's like the thing, you know, it's like, it's like, I mean, sure. Costco is a staple here, but people don't think of it as like cool. You know, you're not seeing people take Instagrams in front of the Costco right. or like in front of the the soft serve section. Right. Um, I mean, that's that's sure. what my my mom told me growing up was that just like, you know, any American musician was just cool because they're an American musician sure. in Iran. And, you know, another thing is that, like, especially in more recent years that like this stuff has been partially banned. Right. Like the relationship between Iran and the U.S. is openly hostile. So, like, you know, I, I do want to give you I don't want to make this like a, a history podcast but i do want to give your listeners no like- i want this context because this was something that for me i was really interested hearing your perspective on it as someone with parents and family all who have left iran for the most part now there are you still have family that is in I- iran right yeah. but it is funny to me that you have this interesting perspective of um kind of the a very unique side of the like diaspora that kind of happened. Like I think starting in the seventies, right. We were kind of chatting about it a bit. Um, 99% of my knowledge about Iran comes from Persepolis and reading Persepolis in high school. Shout out to Ginny Balzer. Uh, but I love Persepolis and just, uh, but before we get the full history lesson, the, 
thing that has stuck in my head the most from Persepolis is there's a part where she's talking about getting a um, some sort of CD or music player. It might have been a tape player, I think. She was walking through a marketplace and someone was selling Jekyll Maxon and it was Jekyll Maxon tapes. And I thought it was really funny, but. That, I think, really kind of hammers in that point of, like, anything American is cool. It was, like, the coolest thing you could get was, like, a bootleg American cassette tape of Michael Jackson. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so go into a bit of that history because you had a really interesting perspective when we were chatting a bit about it before. Yeah. Um, there's two, like, major, you know, years that I think are super consequential. 1953 and 1979 were two, like revolutionary government change years that my mom came here um sometimes sometimes when my mom tells me stories i think they might i suspect they might be a little punched up um she told me that she was on the last flight before the revolution like that left iran to go to the states Uh, maybe it was the last like week i don't know but um you know like my mom like left here after the revolution and then never came back so you know like a lot of people who like have family who leave during like a pseudo diaspora event like i only hear bad things about the new government and good things about the old government and then with the older i get the more i hear from other people like i learned that there's other perspectives out there so 1953 iran is a small middle eastern country that is i think it's important to know is like pretty like ethnically distinct from the rest of the countries in the Middle East because they're one of the few like non-Arab countries, right? Iran has like a distinct national ethnic identity. They have a lot of like le- pride from like the Persian Empire and stuff. Um, in 1953, there was there were kind of two like parallel governments, kind of like what you have in the UK, where there's like a you know an elect like a democratically elected parliament type thing, and then there's like a monarch that's kind of a figurehead. Um, in the early 50s the um democratically elected president or i I don't know the exact title for him um tried to nationalize the oil in iran like the oil there was i think it was called the anglo-american oil company and it eventually morphed into what is now known as bp but if i'm remembering that correctly i might not be um i'm not a historian (laughs) but uh so after um iran tried to nationalize their oil industry um, the CIA and the British equivalent of the CIA endorsed like a, a coup that overthrew the Democrat democratically elected government and then installed the Shah as like the king. Shah means king in Farsi as, as like the, the real leader of Iran. The Shah was very open to the West, but he was also a very corrupt government where wealth inequality was super bad. So like my family was relatively wealthy between the 50s and the 70s. So like the story I was told growing up is like, it was perfect. Iran was great. It was super liberal and American and you can wear like short skirts and dance to like, you know, soul music and stuff. And like Iran was great. Um, but I think people really resented that the most of the wealth in the country was held by American business interests and not by regular, like ordinary citizens. And so there was kind of like a popular sentiment, anti-government sentiment. There was also like the Shah had like a secret police where people would like that they would like disappear people who had, you know, like spoke out against the government and stuff. So it was like a truly dangerous place for a lot of Iranians and not a good living situation. Um, The leader that all of that kind of like revolutionary anger coalesced around was a Islamic fundamentalist. He was a super right wing um, he's Ayatollah Khomeini and he when he took out like he took over after the Iranian revolution and Iran took a lot of steps to become more independent and more in control of their own destiny they also became very hardline conservatives and like fun like fundamentalist Islamic conservatives where it's just very weird to have a situ- I can't imagine what it would be like to be like okay you know you have like I don't want to oversell how like equal Iran was in the 60s and 70s and stuff but you know you go from not like islamic law to islamic law and it's a it's a big change and there is you know the article that i were i was mentioning to you in uh atlas obscura mentions like they had a word that was like what like western toxification like anything that was like overtly western was banned um and so you know you have this weird kind of like double thing where like number one like anytime you have like a crackdown religious society there's going to be like youthful rebellion against it right and there's going to be people who like just how in the united states in like the 40s and 50s when like 
we were a lot more overtly Christian and evangelical. Like people wanted to listen to like Elvis and shit and like watch him chariot yeah. his hips. Like there's going to be like Persians in the eighties who want to listen to Judas priest or whatever. And like, you know, enjoy, enjoy that stuff. Um, and I think that there's a really funny, funny quote. I was killing me from, um, you know, it, when, when the Trump administration assassinated Soleimani, who is like an Iranian general who like modern day is like one of their national heroes, um, one of their clerics was quoted saying something in the news in Iranian state media that was like, um, you know, like we would let like we would like we couldn't even retaliate against the United States if we wanted to, because there's no one there's no real person that Americans like revere as much as we <laughs> revere Soleimani. Like, sure. they only have fictional heroes and we can't bomb SpongeBob and Spider-Man, you know, <laughs> like like that is like their vision Damn of the straight. United States states is like is like our cultural exports above all else right yeah and so sure. like the way that this article frames it is that you know because obviously i wasn't alive in the 80s in iran um was that like you like they could and they did ban western music they could and they did ban western television even as recently as like when i was in iran late last I don't know what the status is on this stuff now. I hear they're like starting to slowly, slightly open up again. But um, like Iranian people couldn't access like Western news, Western like they couldn't get on Twitter. Like it was, it's very easy and like common for people to get on like VPNs and access whatever, like whatever American internet, whatever Western internet they wanted to. And people did that. And that's how a lot of communications happen. That's how I, you know, that like there's a reason why like, a bunch of people like people from the middle east communicate with whatsapp you know because it's encrypted yeah sure um but like that th like that's the kind of thing where like you know i don't want to i don't want to make it sound like um everyone in iran is like dying for american culture to come in and they don't yeah, of buy course the there's plenty of people stuff. that are are it's probably still very against the idea of there being a kfc and stuff like that right and like i can only imagine like if i was uh, you know i just knowing me and my like my political beliefs if i was an iranian in the 1950s i would have wanted to nationalize the oil industry <laughs> you know i wouldn't have wanted like all of the wealth to be held by a massive foreign power so like i i can understand the resentment toward american involvement uh in iranian daily life but also like you kind of it's difficult to just control culture from the top down and so you know that's like what something a detail in the article that we read that i like reread before this and then my cousin parsa told me almost the exact same thing was that like you know even if there was nowhere like my par cousin parsa told me like when you were you know my parent his parents age like our parents age you couldn't go on the internet and like you can download a vpn and go on the internet and watch like the nba or like listen to like you know uh kanye west or drake or whatever but like yeah what people did it wasn't accessible in comparison by now right like what people did do like there were like bootleg tapes and stuff there's even like bootleg radio stations but it's harder to get and it's easier to ban um but people in iran travel to dubai a lot and american companies and like chains are in dubai so like iranians go to dubai try their first burger king and they're like this is cool and like not only is it cool it's also like convenient and fast and like something that i can personally attest to in persian culture is like oh my god dude social engagements drag on for fucking ever <laughs> like you know sure. we will my mom will tell me that we're just gonna stop by for tea really quick and we'll be in and out in 20 minutes and then like four hours later i'm still there like talking to this person's kids or whatever like it's it's like that shit is like i can't tell you the number of times w when i was a kid and I'd be playing like Smash or something at my friend's house, and then my mom would come. If if our parents were both Persian and our mom started talking, I'd be like, okay, we have at least an hour and a half. Like, let's keep. Playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I so, I also I I relate to that as a Jew. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I feel like that happened to me all the time. Where like my mom would come over to like my friends' places where we'd be like playing and hanging out, and it would be like, okay, cool. Like we've got an hour and an hour. Like my mom just showed up, so it's like, you know. Maybe that was just a function of, you know, I'm a very extroverted person. Both my parents are very extroverted. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, I definitely got that from them. And so maybe that's just a function of them meeting their friends, basically. You know, when I was at least a little kid, a lot of my friends were just people that my parents were friends with and they liked them. Oh, for them. sure. Yeah, so, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you're, you're over at their house to hang out and, and all right, that. Right, right, uh, It was time for them to catch up as well. So, you know, we were talking about taking photos in front of Costco earlier and... I was thinking about how 
Uniqlo is like a pretty similar experience, I think, where it's like I, I love shopping at Uniqlo, but like I could totally see people like taking photos in front of a Uniqlo and like the signs. And even if that's just like the gap and like you wouldn't do that. I look, I, no offense to <laughs> to the gap. I don't you know, they have improved their image a bit in the last few years, but like you wouldn't be doing that in front of the gap. And it's like everyone always marketed Uniqlo to me as like, oh, it's it's Japanese gap like that. That's the equivalent. And it's like, I yeah, don't know, yeah, when yeah. you were a kid, you weren't like, let's go to the gap. Like, right. right, right old yeah. Navy. Like, right. you know, that's not like, what you were interested in. It's it's not just the product itself. It's like the experience associated with the product where like, you know, Americans love like convenience above all else. And like that is what fast food offers to you. And that at least in my personal experience, again, like I'm not an expert on Persian cuisine or whatever. But like when you think Persian restaurant, you're thinking like a massive sit down dinner that's going to take you like at least an hour and a half, you know, like for people to like grab shit and go is like probably huge. And so that's that's like cool but i don't know like that's like that's what this is me like speculating about why i think iranians think it's cool the reason i think it's cool is because it's just like you know you ever see like some graffiti that's like a a knockoff of like you know like you know a graffiti i was thinking about like graffiti of like bart simpson smoking weed or whatever it's like yeah like shit that shit that is a little bit beyond the pale that it's like these familiar kind of like glossy corporate images like the mcdonald's arch like it is like impressive and like a you know essential feature of fast food that like it's the same everywhere you go so just to see a mcdonald's like spelled wrong you're just kind of like we've been we like as americans we've been conditioned to see these things over and over and over again and expect a certain thing like it's to a point that's unavoidable and so when you see it like when you see the world that you're expecting fucked with in a small way it's like this weird you know you you can't stop looking at it. it's gross and but it's also really funny the, the thing is that like none of these cha- none of these in iran are like chains that have the same ubiquity as they do in the united states of course like fair enough there's probably there's probably 10 different like kfc knockoffs and there's like one or two of each of them you know so like it's got to be very local dependent and stuff are like, there more kfc knockoffs than mcdonald's or burger king style i think kfc wins though? i think kfc wins okay. because for whatever reason like i think that just like i'm this is you know me uh taking a wild guess but i guess that like I'm going to assume that hamburgers are, like, more popular internationally than fried chicken, at least, like, southern American fried chicken. That's, like, the impression I get in Iran, too, is, like, not every, you know, hamburger stand is, like, a knockoff American fast food. Like, some of them are just, like, burger, you know? Yeah. They're just, like, a place. Um, But, like, for some reason, like, KFC, like, KFC must have been the first fried chicken to like infiltrate iran because that is just like you bit like it's i've only ever seen kfc and like iranian like iranian fat uh fried chicken being like kfc knockoffs and i think kfc is like dude even like my mom is like kind of a health nut right and she's like the type of you know like wealthy liberal to like brag about not ever going to get fast food you know, like one of those people. And like, I've like seen her eat KFC and like that she like got herself. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's just like, I, this is my guilty pleasure. And in I no America or, or in, in, in Iran? This is in America. This is in America. Okay, but okay, like, okay. <laughs> some, like, this is just my assumption is that like something about yeah. fried chicken like must have taken hold. I can't think of like any like Persian food that I've had that's deep fried. So maybe it's just the fact that they deep fried something that they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you could do this. <laughs> like, I can't give you, uh, you know, a fast food tier list, but I can give you a condiment tier list and ketchup like blows everything else the fuck out of the water. Like, I feel like in my personal wow. life, the, the older I get, the less ketchup I consume. Like no disrespect yeah. to anybody. Yeah, but like, absolutely. But like absolutely. when people eat when people eat ketchup with eggs, it like it. Part of me, oh. I get. I don't oh, outwardly judge, but I get upset yeah. inside a little bit. Yeah. And like I've th- gotten so much more into mayo as I've gotten older, which yeah, is like such too. a white 
a white American thing. Yeah, when yeah. I was a kid, like I didn't like mayo, but like as I've gotten older, it's like mayo is delicious. It's the best for fries, for tots. Like it's not even just mayo. I, I think that's undersell. I think that's a big reason why mayo gets a lot of hate is because when you say mayo, people just think of normal mayo. Whereas right. in my eyes, mayo refers to like aioli and yeah. like any sort of a mayo plus ingredient. Because like you get a spicy aioli, you get a garlic aioli. Like it, that's that's delicious. Doesn't matter yeah. if it's on fries, tots, a sandwich whatever like i'm more excited to eat that sandwich than i am if it didn't have some sort of spread like that this like food item like to me i thought like came across to me as like a crime against humanity but i saw like tons of people like my uncle used to take me to this like uh this like public swimming pool in iran that was like again like a lot of these things like public pool uh fast food restaurants like when we think of fast food we don't think of like we think of it as like low brow kind of like we all deep yeah, sure. down. We know we like fast food. We know we all fuck with it. But like you wouldn't take a girl there on a date, you know, like like a first date or whatever or a second date. You even. say that I've got a friend who took someone to Taco Bell on a first date uh, okay. and they dated for like years after that. And I, I mean, and, like really normal, well-adjusted dude. And was just like, yeah, I just want to go to Taco Bell. Right. But like, just okay. the fact that you're telling me this as a story right now. Kind yeah. Of indicates fair enough. Not normal. Fair enough. It, it, it was definitely brought up as like, I did this and it was unique. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like, yeah. oh, I do this all the time. It was like, oh, I did right. this once and like, maybe I shouldn't have type of things. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As like a funny story type thing. But like, you know, it's like these places are like, I, I asked my cousin specifically, like, do you see it as like, you know, I feel like Americans don't like to like admit that they're so unhealthy or it's like seen as like cheap. And, we, you know, we are also a very like conspicuous consumption culture. And so we'd rather like flash that we're going to Nobu than flash that we're going to like, you know, in and out. But like people, I mean, people do love to post in and out, but flash that we're going to like fucking McDonald's or whatever. But like yeah, people sure. think that shit is cool in Iran anyway. Um, I saw like at this public pool, like the most, it seemed what seemed like the most popular concession stand item was like nachos with like, rather than nacho cheese, it was like, it was like a white cheese. Oh, don't it was, say it. It was like a white. Like, I thought uh, you were going to say ketchup. I thought you were going to say nachos, but instead of cheese, it was ketchup. Uh, yeah. No, there, so there's, there's, uh, there, I was trying to say there's a weird cheese. But that's what I was getting to is that they put a ton of ketchup on it. Like they don't oh, use salsa. No. They don't use any of that shit. It's it's like no jalapenos, it's just ketchup. Oh, and it was like oh, I was like, what man. the fuck is happening? I was a little kid. <laughs> even back then I was like, no, fuck what is no, this? No, no. And everybody don't do was this. eating it and just like people put a ton of ketchup on I'm struggling to think of like better examples, but I feel like ketchup with like bread was a thing even sometimes. Like Sure. It, like well, just, when you said ketchup being popular, like my first thought was going to something like shakshuka, which is Moroccan, but like just like the idea of like a tomato heavy, like saucy kind of thing. And it was like, OK, like maybe I could see how that extends. Putting it on nachos is uh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I maybe can't imagine. I think ketchup the, with nachos. <laughs> Persians like cuisine is like really heavy on sour stuff. So I can see okay. that like. And and also, I think Middle Eastern cuisine in general big on tomatoes. So I feel like tomatoes yeah. plus sour stuff and sugar—that's probably amazing to people, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. That's crazy though. Um, okay, so what overall? You've been to KFC. Yeah. Where else have you been? I've only been to like I couldn't, you know, to like give you a, a picture of like what stuff looks like when I'm going to Iran. It's normally. Uh, my mom is one of 10 children and, uh, you know, no, whenever we go there, it's not just like my nuclear family. It's like my mom and like two to one or two, at least of her like siblings who live in the States now bring like their nuclear families too. So we'll be in a house with like 30, 40 people, like maybe not 40, 20 to 30 people, like legitimately 20 to 30 people like staying in that house for like the two weeks that we're there and it's just chaos and there's a lot of stuff and there's a lot of like we got to go to like this person's house to pay respects and that person's house and have dinner there and then so like i do not get to hit not a lot of time for kfc right. yeah yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah i don't have a driver's license in iran i can't just go wherever i want sure and the last time i was in iran like you know another thing is that like at least explicitly alcohol is not legal so you can't just like you can't just open a club, right? Like people definitely still drink in Iran, but it's like 
at private residences with people only people that they know are cool so you know you don't like if you take away like bars as a place to hang like the next biggest thing that like supersedes that is cafes so but that's what I, where i went to with like my family out a lot was like private cafes where they definitely served like american style food and then also persian style food like every one of these cafes like my i'm thinking of these specifically like my cousin opened one shiraz um like after he like went to college in london and then moved back and then like took what he knew about like london cafes and opened one in iran and like it's you know like tea and coffee and ice cream and stuff but also like meals and shit and like they'll have like board games and stuff like that like typical stuff but that was more of the scene like it's it did seem like people don't go to fast food places to hang they go to fast food places to like like eat and then fucking leave and do it fast which is like i know that sounds obvious but like when i was in high school my friends and i would go to a fast food place to like I was going to say, like, for me, that that is the, like, American fast food experience is that it's like, okay, it's 12, like, 30, like, we're leaving a party in high school. I'm D-Dean for my friends, and, you know, four of them are in the backseat of my car. Like, one one person's, like, about to pass out, so, like, we need to go stop somewhere with a bathroom, and it's like... The, the only thing open is McDonald's and then you go to the McDonald's and you see all these people from other parties that have all made the pilgrimage to go to McDonald's. I, I live next to a place in Seattle called Dick's. Dick's is super popular. Like even in the last like five years, there was a picture of Bill Gates going to get Dick's and he was just waiting in line for Dick's. OK, so Dick's at like 1230 is the busiest place in Seattle. Like you can just get lines of like 80 people all drunk, just like yelling, hanging out, having fun, like sitting down with their friends, like doing whatever. And it's like that to me is like the American fast food experience. Like I know that there are plenty of people that like rely on fast food as in as like a, a way that it, they're able to get cheap food. Right. Like it is absolutely that like fast food for some people like and like that's what I think when we were talking earlier about like low class stuff. It's like I think it's more that like people look down on people that need fast food right, as yeah. some of their only ways to actually subsist right. but what people um sensationalize and like really uh what what ends up permeating into other places like iran is this like idea of going to fast food like and hanging out with everyone and like right. you know that kind of experience and so it's funny that you're like oh they don't really like hang out there it's more of like a food experience right i think it's probably more that like you know they're going there as like oh this is novel we get to do this like meal like this is a treat but in reality for like i think a lot of kids in america like what the experience would be is like just hanging out with your friends somewhere that is a a place you can kind of just like be silly, be loud, like do whatever. Um, I, I've got a, a, a like very strong memory of just like in high school going to McDonald's because it was the only place open uh, in a town that I used to live in. And so I hadn't lived in that town, but I went to school in that town, but I went to the private school and I left, you know, a private school party to go to the McDonald's with my friends. And I saw a kid who I used to live next to growing up and I hadn't seen him for like 12 years. And I look in the line and I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, this person looks so familiar and I can't for the life of me figure out who it is. It's senior year of high school. So like I'm getting ready to go off to college. So is this person. And I like finally I'm like, what's your name? <laughs> just like walk up to him and he's like, Liam. And I was just like, dude no way like we used to live next to each other on like this road like and we started talking again and it was like we spent like 30 minutes of like my friends like meeting his friends me talking to my friend like it was such a fun experience just to be like oh this is such like a good a good time in american fast food restaurants like we all got our burgers we drove to someone's house like passed out on the you know on the on the sofas woke up the next day drove home and it's just like i don't know that's the the fast food experience that i like definitely hold on to and so i uh i think it's I, it would be great if that's the same experience that they're basically getting in in iran but uh yeah my perception is that like you know i grew up in like a pretty like wealthy area and i was i, I would say my family was you know like very very comfortable but not like wealthy like i grew up in orange county and so i my family was not orange county wealthy and there was not like it just i had this like overwhelming feeling that like it, there's not a lot of places you can go hang out 
at for a long time that's not designed to like suck money out of you as fast as possible sure you know and like i feel like that's just kind of broadly true in america when you're talking about like yeah you can go hang out in a park but when you're talking like you know like go to a bar go to like a hookah lounge or whatever like everything is like super overpriced and expensive and it's just like a lot also more... when you're a kid you like those yeah, are right. things that you can like do as a kid right yeah, yeah. So, like when you're like i feel like american teenagers and fast food are like a perfect match because like you can just go there and like buy like you know like a four dollar in and out you can get a milkshake like yeah like you can yeah. get a burger you can get a exactly. shake you can split one thing of fries with all your friends and just sit there and right. chat for an hour yeah there are days when i was in high school when i was like a high school age kid where i went to in and out like twice a day and i ate there twice today just because like i wanted to join like friends of my different groups of friends of mine who are hanging yeah out sure at different times you know and so like i feel like that's just you know in iran like you can go to somebody's house and like they'll have you over for tea and you'll just kick it for two hours or like you can yep. go to like a cafe and like camp out there for like three hours and like talk and people do that and stuff it's like it's like the american mythology that people have about spain of like oh you can just like siesta <laughs> and like chill and it's like i feel like that is maybe partially true that like you know, other cultures don't have the kind of like the like lingering work expectation and they're like white collar workforce that you must be like grinding all the time type shit. Yeah. So maybe that's a part of it too. And like, yeah, I don't know. There, there's a lot of like, a, it, it's, it's a different thing. It's like, you know, going to, going to fast food in America is not like rebellious at all. You know, it's like, yeah, it's normal. It's a very mainstream, like kind of like, what's the word? There's like a word on TikTok that, uh, Carrie keeps telling me that's like it's like I'm not gonna know or something it's like a it means like really like mainstream oh yeah yeah uh it sounds like basically just basic it's just another word for basic I guess I heard chuggy as a way to describe like millennial fashion like chuggy was described to me as like wearing like a north face vest um leggings and uggs like it was like really poignant as like a way to describe like millennial like slightly basic like uh stereotypes basically okay then forget i said it to describe fast food just like well fast food you know yeah yeah (laughs) and 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 there it's not and there it's like cool and it's like you know i i almost like sense like a tension between like wanting to have like local pride and like wanting to like issue the like you know uh sort of like you can see i mean you know the united states did not like colonize iran or anything like that but there's like you know there's definitely like open hostility right and there has been for a long time and the united states has had like an undue hand in iran's political history i would argue and so to kind of resist against that massive cultural force i can only imagine would be super satisfying and at the same time it's like you kind of want it it's like it is rebellion to you know yeah instead of saying death to america you're like i want some (laughs) i'm gonna knock off i'm gonna knock off your fried chicken (laughs) yeah yeah i mean persians aren't saying death to america all over the place that's not the vibe either um yeah misrepresent my country like that (laughs) but i don't know i think like for me too i think like to bring my own kind of like personal thoughts into it it is the thing that kind of gets me about it and the reason why i still think about it and still talk about it like years after I've last been to like an Iranian KFC is like, you know, I have that, um, I'm sure a lot of people who are like of two different, like ethnic racial, ethnic backgrounds or whatever, like they kind of don't feel like they're really a part of like that race, you know, like I grew like I've, I remember like when I was a little kid, I probably didn't understand like, uh, why this like hurt my mom's feelings so much, but I would tell her like, I don't think of myself as like Iranian. I think of myself as like, Southern Californian. Like I grew up in Southern California. I barely speak Farsi. I have at this point in my life now, probably like more not Persian friends than Persian. Like, you know, like I just culturally identify with like a American in like 2022, way more than an Iranian. Right. And it's just kind of like, a, I almost have like the survivor's guilt of like, you know, I mean, Iran is not, a hellhole i don't think and there's plenty of like beautiful people there and life in there is like there's a lot of good but you know a lot of my like i can't i'd like to be honest like a lot of my family members who uh are there like the last time i was there 
every single one of them that was under the age of 30 was like trying to get out. They're like hoping to get out. Yeah, just sure. Like, there's not a ve- there's not a lot of good economic opportunities. Like there's just more into, opportunity like, elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the people who like have resigned to stay, who like had once wanted to leave, had been like pretty defeated. Like I've had family members like try to go to the U.S. and they can't go there, so they go to the U.K. and they can't go there, so they go to like Hungary or like they just go down the list of like European countries and like try to leave. And, yeah. Uh, sure. So it is kind of weird for me to like, you know like a visit there as like a, you know, like pretty privileged 20 something year old American. And like, and like, just, I like, I see that they're, they're like, they're like, uh, longing for like KFC and shit. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, sure. It doesn't sit right with me sometimes. And it doesn't kind of like, it makes you aware of your position a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where, you know, when I'm like, uh, I don't mean to make this sound like a sob story or anything. Like I've my parents, like my mom, like worked hard to like give me a good life here, and I'm very happy living in the United States. And like I have put time and effort into like learning how to be closer to my culture, and like I've I've been taking like Farsi classes recently and stuff like that. But like you know, just the kind of like you feel like you're pretending when you're not really a part of the culture. I think that what you're saying happens with, I think a lot of people that grow up with either um, like mixed backgrounds or are immigrant backgrounds where they don't necessarily feel like they're American because of Americans being assholes and, you know, ostracizing them for their differences. And they don't necessarily feel like they fit in with their culture because they can't speak it or people laugh at them when they do speak it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of cases of stuff. I feel like I'm, I like I'm cosplaying as like an Iranian person when I like go there and like, yeah, you know, fucking Reed Hafez and shit, and like they're cosplaying as Americans when they go to like Mash Donalds and and Boof Burger and stuff. <laughs> Mash Donalds, <laughs> Mash Donalds. <laughs> That's such a good one. Well, Kayvon, we're at uh, about an hour. We've been going on. Uh, any other any other things you want to say about Iranian fast food? You know, I I don't know. Not not really. Like just kind of. It's cool how people's like curiosity about each other's cultures kind of supersede like geography political divides like a lot of this stuff it is like a blessing that we have the internet to like discover this kind of stuff about like you know like i mean i if i if this was 1980 right now i would have seen like one kfc in iran and just like thought about it for the rest of my life and like never never had a way to look look up anything more about it so i'm kind of like grateful for you know i'm grateful for this opportunity to just tell this weird story to people like yeah absolutely no, it's been really awesome to hear about it. So uh, with that in mind, let's uh, let's plug some of your stuff. So you're DJ Burrito Boy now. Uh, yeah. Tell tell the people about that. Yeah, I am a. Uh, I, I understand the the weirdness of me talking about Iranian food for like an hour and then saying, "Oh, by the way, I make music as DJ." Burrito by the way, Boy. I make I make I make uh, house mixes where I, I I cook burritos during the mix. Uh, yeah, but no, yeah. yeah. Shout out your channels. Yeah, yeah, you can find me on um, the the DJ Burrito Boy name is like a story for another day, but it's like comes from an inside joke type thing. But anyway, um, I I make house music, so and I DJ, and so uh, you can find me on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Bandcamp. My first single on Spotify is dropping. Um, so I don't know when you're gonna post this, but it's on February 25th. <laughs> so you know. Next week or Thanks yesterday. for putting some time pressure on it now. I got to get it out. <laughs> no, I'll, it'll be out soon. It's, I'll it's start fine. editing it soonish. Yeah. Uh, Spotify is forever. So, you know, you can. Yeah. <laughs> you, is it just DJ Burrito it. Boy on everything? Yeah. It's just DJ Burrito Boy. Like nothing weird going on with the spacing or the capitalization or whatever. So, yeah. What you expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. No, Kayvon, it was a pleasure to chat. I uh, always really enjoyed talking with you in general, but I uh, really means a lot that you are my first guest on the Seth loves to talk to show. So I'm looking forward to future episodes and uh, I'm glad that we started with this one. Sweet. Thanks for the opportunity. Seth. Yeah. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.